One, two, three. Welcome to Three Song Stories, the show where we use our guests' connection to music to travel back to the big stories in their life. Our guest today is David Brown. David is the co-founder and president of Family Initiative, a nonprofit organization that serves children and adults diagnosed on the autism spectrum, along with families engaged by the child welfare system. He works with individuals on the spectrum, their families, and local and state government to develop support and clinical programs. David's also actively involved in leadership positions for multiple state agencies, focusing on the empowerment of foster families. David's worked in the field of child welfare for over two decades in foster licensing, child protective investigations, as well as a training specialist prior to launching Family Initiative. Okay, here's the show. Hey there, David. How are we doing? <laughs> hey, um, we're doing well. How are you doing? I'm doing fantastic. All right, so thank you for being here. Um, Considering the Bucks' loss and Tom Brady's retirement, yes, sir. who are you actually going to cheer for this weekend? Yeah, so that's a great question. Um, I think I'm feeling like the Bengals. I got a couple of uh, buddies of mine who are Bengals fans, so uh, I think I'm with that. But I always it, feel for those cities, like you know, the Cubbies won the World Series. Yeah, right. You feel for those teams. The They're in. They might do get. right okay. in a big way. So <laughs> right. I'm with the Bengals. All right. Like. Well, we'll see. We'll see how it goes. Yeah. I'm. I, I have. I have no dogs in the fight. I sure would like to see underdogs win too. So yeah, you know. it's cool. Man. Cincinnati uh, needs that. I think. I think it would be good for them. Yeah. Um, what is the earliest musical memory from your childhood that you remember? Like, what's the earliest one you can? latch yeah. on to it's so it's so cool because i think through my whole life like music is um it really had a, a prominent role i think the earliest memory is um being in the basement of our house that we grew up in um listening to the who's greatest hits Ooh. or the beatles um, you, you said we yeah my sister and i okay um so my folks were always super cool about they had you know a lot of music available to us um and it's so funny i was thinking about like having an album uh, a record player downstairs and having you know like a huge rack of albums and we could always just like jam out to to anything but it was a lot of uh, Motown um, and uh, yeah the Who Jethro Tull you mm. know all that I remember that is at my earliest memory rock flute yeah absolutely <laughs> I remember that very distinctly being downstairs just like playing hanging out was it, um, was it one of those big, um, enter- the, I say entertainment center because that's what we call them now, but like yeah. like a stereo center. You got like, it, man. With, the speakers furniture. on the side. You got it. Yeah. Man. Stacked up. And then the album, uh, the record player was on top, right? Had the cover that opened and closed. All right. Were you allowed to change the records? We were actually, which Ooh, is pretty cool. Yeah. So we could kind of like DJ on our own, um, which was Dynamite. And uh, yeah, we wore those albums out, man. We just... Always had music on in the background of our house. Um, are you uh, the older sibling, or your I'm sister? the older? Yeah, I have a younger sister. Did Rachel. you um, did you try to influence her musical tastes? Um, you know, it's funny. I think not. Really. Or, or actually, uh, let me we rephrase both that. Jammed out of the same stuff. Yeah, um, I'm going to rephrase that. I, I'm not influence her, but like, um, you know, often an older sibling will be like, "Here, like, let me show you something." Was yeah. there was there any of that, or because it was your parents' music, were you guys just kind of like parallel? I think we just like took what our folks gave us as far yeah. as like music went, and they were. Um, Always good about bringing in different stuff. What's the first um, music, uh, you know, band, musical act, singer, performer that you feel like was yours, like that you got independent of them? Oh, I think probably Michael Jackson. Ooh. Yeah. I think Michael Jackson was like, that was my... About when did you... Gosh, it must have been eight or nine years old. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it was like right when like um, Beat It, all that stuff came out, like Billie Jean. Yeah. Like that was... 
I think my first time of like I owned an artist. Yeah. Um, and it was, you know, I think clearly they knew him from the Jackson five, but I think, Oh, that's, yeah, that's fair. Yeah. So yeah. they knew him in that regard. But I think for me, like when the, all that came out, um, it was like right at the, uh, onset of like MTV and mm-hmm. all of that. Mm-hmm. Right. So like thriller being huge, of course, that was yeah. my first like real artist. I think that I owned that was separate from my parents. Awesome. Yeah. Um, what is the first time you feel like music moved you in a way that was more than just like, Ooh, this is nice to listen to. I think the first time I really felt that way was, um, you know, anytime I had like a struggle, like I know early on in school was always hard. I always had a tough time. And I think music was such a cool way of processing like what you were going through. Right. Um, and, uh, yeah, I think that that was like my first time of really kind of holding on to that. There was a kid I went to school with, um, who lived up the street from us and, uh, always gave me a hard time, always gave me a hard time. And I think like that was good working through that stuff, like with music. Mm. Um, I think it was the first time I felt it is a vehicle, right. To process stuff that was going on in my own life. What kind of songs would you use to do that processing? Yeah. I think a lot of Beatles. Mm-hmm. Um, so my, my folks had a, um, pretty strong, uh, vinyl set of the Beatles and, uh, just love that man, and it was always like good, like life music. You know? So, um, would you like the positivity of the songs to propel you? Or? Absolutely, and I oh, think okay. like what's important in life, right? And the, the oh yeah, okay. Things, yeah, like you know how to navigate through tough situations. So, um, I definitely think that they were that was like my go-to. Okay. Now, normally I wait a little bit further in to talk about like you know like a job or like a person's thing, but um, I think that because I want to ask you a question about what we just talked about. So why don't you for a second just say kind of what you do for a living? Because I think it's I think it, it'll be relevant here in a second. Cool, cool. So I um I'm the co-founder president of Family Initiative. Family Initiative is a a nonprofit organization here in the community um, that works to supports children and adolescents that are diagnosed in the autism spectrum. And uh, it's just a, a phenomenal organization made up of uh, lots of fantastic people doing excellent work and uh, couldn't be more proud of it. So uh, I'm assuming a lot of interpersonal interaction, a lot of family work. Um, does So you just talked about kind of working through adversity mm-hmm. internally or maybe interpersonally with music. Absolutely. Does that do you get to use that or see that in, in your day to day? Yeah, I think it's it's interesting because I just um, left another meeting, another conversation about uh, the significance of connection and relationship right in our work. Um, and I just think, yeah, music is it's all that right. Talking about the interplay of like our lives and the things that we need to do and the difficult things we all go through. Um, and no question, like there's definitely a, um, a nexus there between the work we do today and, and the role music plays. OK, um, so back into the house then yeah. as a kid. Um did anybody was was there a lot of um performed music happening at home like did anybody play anything or sing um at a performance level so it's funny my sister's a really good singer that was like one of her talents that she could sing no one else in the house played anything did anything in that regard um but she was a phenomenal singer she's a fantastic singer and uh um and so you know i know i remember my mom brought in a um whitney houston album wow back in the day like and it was just and i both of us were crazy about Whitney Houston. I thought she was like fantastic. And my sister could sing and she was really good. And obviously she sang a lot of those songs. If you can sing Whitney Houston, you can oh sing. Gosh, I mean, right? man, yeah. uh, what was, did she have a, like a standard? Like, did she have one that she really <sighs> went to? Yeah. Well, there's a bunch of them. She would sing. Um, 
Yeah, I don't think it was like one go-to, but man, she could. She was good. She was really good. But it's one of those things. I think we all loved music a ton, and I'm always super envious of anybody that can perform like that. Because mm. I love it. I wish I could. Like it's if, just not all my talent. If you could, um, like in the Matrix, like learn an instrument, like yeah. at the push of a button, what instrument? It's got to be the guitar, man. Yeah, it's got to be. That's just like such. Um, <laughs> I know, like the obvious go-to one, but man, it's just. But there's like a reason for the that. Coolest instrument, right? To be yeah. able to like really play well. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, and uh, did. Did you did you ever um, did you ever move into music that your parents kind of just didn't have like a like a connection with you anymore on that particular? Totally. Yeah. Totally. What was it? Um, I definitely think it was hip hop when I got yeah. into. Um, I remember right away, like off the jump, like LL Cool J. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Man, like, I, like early on, like LL Cool J loved LL Cool J, um, and the other one was uh, Public Enemy. Loved Public Enemy. That's a hard sell to parents. Yeah, it is a hard sell to parents. And uh, so I remember that was the beginning of when I got into hip hop. Um, that was certainly not their cup of tea in any way. Okay. Uh, what was the first music? And this might be the Michael Jackson, but like, what was the first music, music that you owned that like, like you had a copy of that was like, this isn't mom and dad's, this is mine, it goes in my room? That's a great question. Um, to some degree, they did, but I think Led Zeppelin. Like the thing, Led Zeppelin two and four. That was not something they played a lot of, but it was something that I got into. Um, you know, as they listened to a lot of rock, mm-hmm. they didn't. They didn't listen to a lot of Led Zeppelin. But I remember I had the cassette tapes of Led Zeppelin two and Led Zeppelin four, and just like wore those out myself. Yeah, yeah. Led, Led Zeppelin is different with headphones too. Like totally. when you got a cassette and you you're, you're alone and you can just like lean Jam into out it. The room. Oh yeah. yeah. Um, all right. Well, I think we're in a good spot to get into your first song. Yep. So, uh, what do you want to do with this? Do you want to tell the story? Do you want to listen to the song? Um, want to listen to the song first? Sure. Is that cool? Yeah, it's cool. All right. Well, so uh, this is David Brown's first song on Three Song Stories. Um, we're going to listen to uh, Jay Z's public service announcement off the 2003 Black Album. Gosh, there's so many things um, I could connect this to, and so um, it's funny because I think you know. Jay's story, right? And I think about the um, constantly having to earn it, mm. right? And, and prove it over and over again. I just love um, that about it. And it always taught to me um, with this song is, uh, so I grew up in, in New England. Um, and uh, so I grew up a, a huge Patriots fan, um, which I know now. Uh, it's passe now. People throw stuff at you. But <laughs> man, I was Sullivan Stadium back in the day, long yeah. before Tom Brady was there. Yeah. Uh, Steve Grogan was my quarterback, man. The guy I grew up with. Um, but for Tom Brady, so obviously that's Tom comes out to that song, man. Every home game in Foxborough comes out to um, to Jay. And so uh, to me, my daughter, Emma, um, so her and I, we connected and bonded over football. Mm. Um, and so it was always cool to me, like every time, you know, we had a one o'clock kickoff or whatever um, on Sunday, it was together. And uh, from when she was a baby. And so we got pictures of her, like a little tiny jersey, you know, watching football. football. Yeah, man. And just like hanging out. And, um, you know, it's funny. So I always connect that song to him, to to Tom Brady, and always bring that back to my kids. And, um, you know, being a girl dad, um, you know, that was one of the things that we really like connected on early. Mm -hmm. And, um, And so just, you know, like she wasn't really into sports outside of football and Tom Brady, right? And then, um, is it a, is it a spectator sport for her? Does she like to play football with you? Totally right? spectator. Yeah, like just likes to hang and watch yeah. it. And um, and it's cute because it's just you know she got her you know a couple of her Tom Brady jerseys mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. there and um at home and I always rock it out. And it's cool because it was like our time together, um and uh, to hang and and the other part which I always like to you know I think like 
with that song, you know, but having to prove it over and over again, right? And and, and that kind of a thing, and people doubting you, right? And then, um, you know, proving them wrong again. Uh, I always felt that way. Same thing about Tom Brady, right? So it's funny because I always feel like this is the the part of that narrative today, the way we think of him, right? Um, and I always think of like the 199th overall pick in the draft. That picture of him, like in his boxing shorts, <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah. He looks like terrible. Yeah. Um, and it's funny, man, because I always think of like how hard someone's got to work like that, right, to get to that place. Um, and I think like the adversity. Would you draw a parallel between, you know, you coming up and making, you know, the Institute or the um, Family Initiative mm-hmm. um, and, and, and his, his work? Like, uh, can you describe for me uh, you putting that work in and having to, to prove yourself? Yeah, no, yeah. 100%, man. I, and I just think there's that, you know, I think if you hear Tom Brady talk about it, I think it's like the chip on his shoulder, right? Mm-hmm. Of like always having to, um, you know, keep pushing, keep trying to take it to another level, right? Because folks um, maybe don't think you have that capacity, right, to, to keep going to that other place. And so to me, I don't know. I just always um, certainly had like the parallel of feeling like I just love that about him, about like just, you know, not being um, thought highly of, right? And then having to keep working, keep proving, keep. And it's like, I take a lot of inspiration from that, you know, to go from the sixth round and not being really highly regarded to in the end being the goat. Right. So was there, was there a time in your life that, that you feel like that had to happen? Yeah. Well, I definitely think, um, you know, professionally, I think when you're in the field and you're working and and doing things, um, I think all of us, I'm not sure like you feel the same way, right? You have like high aspirations of what you want to, um, achieve. And then, uh, and you know, not always everybody around you feels like that you have that capacity. Um, and so I don't know. I just like that about, about proving people wrong and uh, and continuing to to take it to another level and another level and another level. So um, I just really admire that a lot about Tom, and I always appreciate the fact that um, you know my daughter was so crazy about him too. You know, just all that stuff sort of tied up well together. Um, and so it means a lot to me. Although I got to be honest, man, it's it's funny because when he left the Patriots, mm-hmm. went to the Bucks, mm-hmm. um, you know, I think half of my family disowned him. It's like I want nothing to do with him, right? And yeah. uh, and so you know, I, I I definitely think we split the difference, man. So I watch a lot of Bucks games. Over the last yeah, you live here though, so yeah, yeah, like, man. So, yeah, so I, I definitely feel like for me, I don't know, I'm I'm not that kind of a person. I've got gratitude and appreciate, uh, you know, what he means to me and my family. Uh, so we we did a lot of a lot of split screens and a lot of yeah, <laughs> like you know, check it, keep one eye on him and one eye on a, on a, on our squad too. So, um, do you, is that a is that a mentality that you're in like um being intentional about with her that like you know you're trying to kind of because um she's what is she 12 13 now she's 13, 13 yeah, right it's crazy so um that's i mean that's right about when you have to start yeah. being like i'm me people are going to tell me that who i am is yeah. a problem no matter who like no matter 100%. what you are somebody will say like eh you're not you're not really anything um it, can you maybe talk about how you're instilling that in her yeah so i think that's a a great point and she is right there like at 13 Mm -hmm. i think she's got a lot of things aspirationally that she's um you know articulates to me about what she wants to do with her her education and um her career and so i just think the biggest thing is the hard work you know i keep saying to her it's like look you know it's huge that you feel this way and that you hold on to that and you don't let other people extinguish that. But I said, I said, look, you know, you got to put in that work every single day, right? If you want to get to that place down the road. Um, 
you know, I just think the the grind that it takes and the and the discipline and the determination to like execute on the thing that she keeps espousing to me. And I'm, you know, I encourage her a ton. Obviously, I, I believe she got that capacity. It's a little bit of a time capsule moment here. Yeah, no doubt. Right now at 13, what is she? Yeah, hundred percent. So her big piece is uh, she wants to go back to New England and she wants to go to college. and uh, And she's talked to me a lot about Harvard. She's like very determined All and right. driven, yeah. but she wants to get in there. And yeah. so I said to her, "I'm like, you know, you're competing against the the top students in the world, right? That want to get into that university." And so she is bound and determined to do that. Hey. Yeah, so. I'm, I'm all about it. Can't hit a target you don't set, right? Amen. Amen. So I like that she's on the record on that. All right. Yeah. Um, so um, does that song fit into your life nowadays? 100%. Yeah. 100%. So I, I do feel like, you know, um, as you move through life, I, I, I really feel like people try to put you in a box to some degree, right? Of, mm-hmm. you know, you've achieved this and this is kind of what you want to do. Um, and I feel like for us, you know, we've got really, I think, high goals of what we want oh, to see. Oh, sorry. No, the the, the actual song. Yeah, like, do you, yeah. Like, do you listen to it regular? Do you, I like, listen is it to in a playlist it, for you? I pro- it's in a playlist, but I probably listen to that song standalone a couple times a week. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. All right. Um, when, uh, when you were coming up in, like, high school, mm-hmm. um, what was the music scene like around you? Um, yeah, so I, it was a lot of um, Stone Temple Pilots, Nirvana. I think a lot of that, like, grunge music was... Sure. 90s alternative. Yeah, totally, man. Pearl Jam like owned all of that. All right. Um, was did that did that feel uh, natural to you, or was that just what was happening? Like, were you into it? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I, I really, really love Pearl Jam. I thought they were fantastic, mm. and uh, and appreciated uh, Eddie Vedder a lot. I, I'm always like, I think going back to earlier, like the Beatles and everything else. Yeah. Lyrics, I think lyrics matter a lot, mm. um, and uh, I always appreciate that about Pearl Jam a lot. Uh, but I think my bigger thing that I was into, I really enjoyed like hip hop. So. Um, so even though I know the like, grunge was huge in that moment, I mean, I think, like, the lyrical density of hip hop, totally. right? I mean, yeah. that's where all the words and the are. storytelling and the storytelling to yeah. me is like profound and powerful and really made an impact on me. No doubt. Okay. Um, if I say <laughs> high school dance, slow song, <laughs> oh my what is the first thing that jumps into your head? I got to say stairway to heaven, man. <laughs> yeah. Like hundred percent. It was always like stairway to heaven. I think it was like the last, yeah. The slow song was always, uh, <laughs> stairway to heaven, which is. Epic too, because you know it's just so dang long. It's like yeah, <laughs> it's quite a song. Yeah, it is. Um, all right. Uh, do your wife and your musical tastes mesh? Yeah, I think they do actually. Um, What's well, a song that you guys definitely like? Boom, lockstep. So uh, David Gray, we're both like huge David Gray fans. Okay. Um, and uh, and recently too, even now, like Chris Stapleton. Um, God bless her. She got into Chris Stapleton first, um, and uh, and she got me hooked on him. So. It's funny. I think we do a lot in that way. Um, and, and she's funny because she's a huge like 90 hip hop fan. She mm-hmm. loves like 90s hip hop. All right. And then uh, conversely, yeah. right. What um, what bands or songs, if any, do you have that you kind of have to be like, I'm glad for you. Like, yeah. <laughs> like yeah. I'm glad you like it and vice versa. Like what's the one that you like and what the, she likes? So I think that she is um, pretty open to country music mm-hmm. and I'm not a huge country music fan. So. Um, I think that's why I got to tip it a cap to her because then as Chris Stapleton is about probably the closest thing I'm getting to um, that genre. Yeah. I don't know. It just doesn't do a ton for me. Um, but she'll she'll listen to it, entertain okay. country music. Right. It's funny. My daughter loves country music. So it's uh, it's interesting to see uh, um, how we're different in that regard. Okay. And then for you, what do you have that you have to kind of like maybe 
give her a nudge and hope. Yeah, yeah. I think some of the classic rock stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know if that's so much her uh, her jam. I, <laughs> like I, Aerosmith, man. Yeah. I love like Aerosmith, all that kind of stuff. And I I, I don't think she's feeling that okay. a whole lot. I got to be or ACDC. You know? Yeah. Um, every once in a while, if I get like really. Uh, if I'm pushing the edge, maybe like Rage Against the Machine. Oh, okay. And she, yeah, she's not feeling. <laughs> she's like, that's that's not happening in this house in any way, shape, form, or fashion. So that's like my playlist. You know, you hit the gym, that's the and car playlist. Yeah, work that out, man. <laughs> yeah. No doubt in that setting, absolutely. Um, and then uh, same uh, similar question for your daughter. You mentioned yeah. the country music. Um, does she listen to anything other than the country? Yep. Uh, since you mentioned it, that you struggle to connect with, like something maybe if it's newer or something that you're like. Uh, she clearly enjoys this, yeah. <laughs> but I just don't know how to I act. think it's just the country, man. It's cheesy. Oh, okay. You know what um, they're really into right now is the uh, Encanto soundtrack. Oh, me too. They actually. are like jamming out like on uh, Alexa every morning, <laughs> I, man. I know the words Encanto coming out like hardcore. Yeah. It's cute because they'd watch the movie, gosh, maybe 30 times. Mm-hmm. And I hadn't even seen it I yet. I have a nine-year-old and we watched it. Yeah. yeah. It, and it's fantastic. It's a good movie. It's a great movie. The music is fantastic and- uh, uh, but they were like all in on that, and I was definitely late to the game on. Uh, <laughs> so, all right. Um, well, I think I think I'm gonna let's let's get into your second song here. Um, so uh, you, you were gonna do um, the Dave Matthews yep. song. So um, real fast, uh, you did this in your email, so I, I feel good about this because this yeah, lets totally. us know yep. <laughs> we have a litmus. Real Dave fans, yeah, say. Dave. Yeah, no, no. <laughs> and that's what you said in your email. Yeah. So um, do you want to tell the story about kind of where this takes you to the moment in your life or do you want to listen first? No, let's talk about it. So I think um, it's interesting. I must have seen, gosh, seen Dave like, I mean, 40 times probably, wow. which isn't a lot. You know, Dave fans, people have that's seen him just a it. lot They're more just than what that. They do. Yeah. And, um, and it's really cool because it takes me back to a good place about, um, gosh, when I first started dating my wife and, um, and, uh, and just really enjoyed that kind of music. And I think it was the first time in my life, um, you know, uh, started to deep think more deeply about certain things and, uh, and consider like legacy and, and what are you doing with your life? And I think in a lot of ways, um, this song and a lot of other songs um, shaped me in the sense of, you know, what are you doing for other people? And, and when you're done, um, what have you left behind? Right. Mm-hmm. And, and your legacy about things. And so, um, I think when you're younger, you don't think a whole heck of a lot about that. You're just kind of on to the next thing, on to the next thing. And I think uh, listening to Dave certainly slowed things down for me in that regard and uh, made me think a lot more about what am I doing with my life and what direction am I going in and all of that. Um, and the bartender's just dynamite, man, because I just think it's that song of, um, you know, at the, when you get to the end and you're contemplating sort of like, you know, what is it all about? What did I do? Um, you don't want any regrets and you don't want any of those kinds of things. So um, just to be progressive in life, right? To try to get stuff done. Do you remember the first time you heard this song? I do. Where were you? Um, I think I was in Great Woods um, in Massachusetts and uh, and saw them play this live. And it was like fantastic. Ooh, to see it, to it hear was, it the first time in a live setting. It was awesome. All right. Uh, about what year? Oh, gosh. <sighs> Had to be. 1990 god I, i'd have to phone a friend on that one <laughs> i don't know exactly what year that was but it would have to be like late 90s all like right well this is um because there's all of the different versions that yeah. they play at all the different events um but this is bartender uh by the dave matthews band off of the busted stuff busted album. stuff yeah so um you and your wife go to dave concerts we do 
We do so. basically every single year we make a, a commitment to go. So you mentioned, um, you know, you had gone to see that um, and it it brought to you thoughts about legacy, about the future. Um, were you with her that first time? I was not. Um, I was with a bunch of people. Do you do you kind of remember? I mean, you went you went there, heard that song. It gave you that feeling. Absolutely. Did you leave that concert different than you? <laughs> well, I think there's you know? no, yes, no doubt. I, um, it's always an experience, no doubt, to go see any Dave show, right? Mm. Um, and and even the way that they play each song, uh, you know, from that set list that night, um, definitely lands um, with you, and you leave different. But that absolutely that song. No question about it. Who are you with? Uh, a group of, of friends of mine. Um, actually, a really good buddy of mine who I moved down here with um, from from New England. She was there. And uh, we had a great time. It was awesome. This is like college age? Yeah, exactly. Okay. Yeah, like just getting ready to um, get started into work. Okay. Um, so <laughs> I normally I would ask right here, have you been to many concerts? Yeah. <laughs> but I think you've been to many concerts. Um What's the last live concert or show that you went to? Gosh, the last one I went to had, has got to be Dave, like two years ago, probably mm -hmm. two or three years ago. Is that right before everything kind right of started before. getting shut down? Yeah, you got it. You got it. Um, what's the next one you hope to go to? Mm -hmm. Like, that's a really good question. You know what? Actually, that's not true. The last live show, I just mm. wanted to go see Chris Stapleton when he was here. Oh, there you go. Yeah. I think one of our other guests recently. Yeah, <laughs> and he was went, yeah. dynamite. It was fantastic. My that's wife and I, I went and we had a blast. Um, uh, what do you think was your best concert experience ever? Uh, let's see. I went to go see um, U2 Ooh. on St. Patty's Day <laughs> in Boston. <laughs> yeah, of um, course. And that was just like an epic show. They were just tremendous, man. Tremendous. One of our prior guests, Neil Volts, um, who worked on the um, um, voting rights initiative yeah, yeah, for... No, yeah. um, uh, he has a story about... Um, give uh bono forgetting his sunglasses in a bar and chasing him to give him back to that's him. crazy yeah. <laughs> yeah. that is like the coolest uh, thing also ever. he led a he led a bible study that bono was in <laughs> wow, <laughs> yeah really yeah that is wild um so uh if you could see any band or performer mm -hmm. living or dead huh. in their prime who would you see <sighs> that's a great question in their prime I always have to put that because some people, yeah. you know, they're like, well, I don't know if they'd be still good. Yeah. What, the best that they ever were then. <laughs> I have to say Jimi Hendrix. Ooh. That would just, because I, I just think. I don't know think, if we've had Jimi Hendrix yet. He's just so epic, right? And yeah. You can imagine him like in his prime just would be unbelievable to see live. Yeah. He Heck of a tremendous. show. Yeah, tremendous. Um, What's the furthest you've ever traveled to go see a show? Probably, I'm guessing, Dave. But Yeah, I'd say probably... Uh, I was in Massachusetts at the time, and I think it was Philly. Drove to Philly. Oh, okay. To go to a show. It was a decent distance. It wasn't yeah. too crazy. For I mean, for Floridians, <laughs> that yeah, never exactly. feels too bad. It's like, we yeah, drive for eight hours to get out of the deal. state. Um, uh, hey, when you're when you're listening to music nowadays, um, how do you normally do that? Is it like on your phone, on, you know? Yeah, it's like so sad to say. I think it's all through my phone. Like, I just think about my experience growing up with, like, you know, vinyl, right, and cassette. Like, it's just, it's something to be said about all that. But, yeah, it's all through my phone. And uh, and God bless my kids. It's, like, all through Alexa. <laughs> right? It's, like, that's how they, you know, engage with, you know, the technology and just. They yell at the computer to put music totally. on and it does it. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's, it's wild. Um, when you're in your car, do you ever listen to uh, music on the radio? 
not really. Like right. I like I would now when I listen well like public radio. I mean, I don't, oh, it's funny. Yeah. I listen for content uh-huh. when I listen to the radio, radio more than music. It's funny. The music to me is like on my phone. Mm. It's yeah. always on demand yeah. on your phone. Yeah. Um, when was the last time you bought music that had a physical form <sighs> that you can remember anyway? <laughs> Gosh, have to be a CD, right? It's the last time I think I had anything that um, was like physical like that. Gosh. And to remember even what the, it's funny because we just cleaned out our uh, our living room not that long ago. And we had a, on the entertainment center, we had a draw. It's just like full of CDs. Mm. And my wife looked at me, she's like, what are you going to CDs? I was like, I don't know. Like, I honest to God, don't know. I'm going to guess it was probably a Dave CD. Um, like it was Red Rocks or something. I don't know, whatever. But because we had a bunch of them and I was like, I don't even think this is worth keeping these CDs because it's like, we don't even have a platform really to play them in the house anymore. Uh, do you have, um, do you have a CD book? Like we that. had a, yeah, you know, can I tell you what's funny yeah. is we opened up the CD book because we actually had one in the draw with all the CDs. Um, and it's funny. Oh, so those cases are just like empty then. So, just, you're just keeping Well, it made me cases. laugh because we had a bunch of like those old burn CDs. Oh, yeah. You know, yeah, like yeah. when you burn them mm-hmm. way back in the mm-hmm. day. Um, and it's funny. So we used to get like all the different versions of the Dave songs from live shows from all over the place, right? And burn them all into a CD that mm-hmm. um, different versions of different songs that we just loved. But it's so funny to open that stuff up and I haven't seen it in forever. And uh, her did, did you listen to any of them? We didn't listen to any because oh, okay. we didn't have any way to do it. But, <laughs> but I got to be honest, it made me sad because I was like, man, yeah. I really love that version of Two Step or right. um, whatever it was. It was like epic on that CD. Um, but it's funny. We had a good laugh about that, like yeah. looking at that. No None of the computers in the house have a CD player. Yeah, it's wild. Does anybody have a game console? We don't. I think we have a Wii. That doesn't take doesn't take, take CDs, CDs, right? So I don't like, think so. Yeah. I don't. It's been a long time since we I haven't gotten to that place yet where they, they're into that you're gonna have to buy a cd play totally but it's so funny <laughs> to think but like when she was lo- we were looking at it i was like we don't even have anything to play these on yeah I was like, hey. you know ki- kids are it's interesting to me watching because my daughter's nine it's mm-hmm. interesting watching them discover old media formats yeah. because if they've never seen them before they don't think of them as old they just think of them as another format that yeah. they've never seen so she she found my talk boy which is that hand recorder from Home Alone 2 yeah, that, so he, that Macaulay Culkin has. Yeah. And she's like, can we buy tapes for this? And I'm like, yeah, but you can do that. Yeah. It's 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 worse. Totally. <laughs> it's worse on every measure. But yeah, I'll get you some cassette tapes to record stuff around the house. And um, yeah, uh, if you um, if you could uh, imp- like give a CD to your daughter, yeah. right? If you could impart one of those discs, uh, what would you pick? Gosh. I guess I have to say under the table and dreaming. I don't know, but I know that's like. If you had to pick a non-Dave one. Yeah. Because we'll assume the other one. (laughs) Yeah. Non-Dave. Gosh, that I had in there. Maybe the Pearl Jam 10. Ooh. Okay. That was a CD that was definitely in the draw. 13's about a right. Yeah. 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 She's she's definitely there. They might pop some brain cells on her. (laughs) And she, and the interesting part is she's uh, playing the guitar right now. So that's been fun to have her like ah. learn. And so she's, uh, she's playing any songs that you know, or is it she, all country? She, no, she plays a couple of songs. I know she okay. played gray street and, uh, but it's cool. Her, uh, her instructors got her playing. Like she was got a queen song she's working on right Ooh. now. Police. Yeah. Yeah. She got a couple. Right so on. Good. Yeah. So she's got a good, uh, instructor. He's got good taste. Good taste. Yeah. yeah totally. <laughs> um, if you, um, did, oh, did, <laughs> so I feel like, based on some of the things we've said here that this is about right for the era. Did you or your wife make 
mix CDs for each other at any point? We definitely did that. I I know I did that for her. Was it um, was any at any point of that uh, part of courtship? Yeah, no, no doubt. Oh I yeah, think, like music's a big part of that. We're in I need five bands. <laughs> I'll do three. It's in the All theme right. of the show. Give me three bands that definitely would have been on the mixtape that you're going to give to her. Gosh, three bands are beyond there. Um, definitely Pearl Jam because she liked Pearl Jam too. Maybe live. Ooh, I haven't heard of I haven't heard live in like yeah. a long and time. And then the other one, which she I knew she was crazy about, uh, Blues Traveler. She's, okay. She's a huge Blues that Traveler follows. fan. Okay. Yeah. So I think those. I'm are, getting a good picture. I think of like her music. No doubt. Taste. So that was definitely she to this day is crazy about Blues Traveler. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Um. Uh, do you guys make like road trip uh, discs? We don't anymore. Well, uh, yeah. How yeah. Would you the listen to playlist. Them? It's funny because, and I'm sure you can feel this. Mm. Uh, we always start off with some kind of like kids bop something. And then at some point they both like knock out in the back seat, and then we can oh, get real music time. Yeah, we want yeah. to like, all right, now we're good to go. Isn't it weird that we were talking about this a ways back on the show? Mm-hmm. Um, a bunch of the kids bop albums have songs whose lyrics do not seem appropriate to yeah. have choruses of children singing. Like um, Boulevard of Broken Dreams is on there, <laughs> and there's a swear word which I'm sure isn't in the it's, song, yeah, yeah. but like. <laughs> I'm just trying to figure out how they got this. It is the... funny the songs they pick. I'm with you on that because <laughs> it, you know, for the most part, I'm trying to you know focus on driving. But every once in a while, I think to myself like, huh? When you hear like as they run through their songs, yeah, I'm with you on that, no doubt about it. <laughs> All right, um, I uh, I think that this would be a good time to get into your third song. Okay. Do you want to tell a story or do you want to listen to the song? <sighs> um, so I think telling the story first would probably help. Okay, um, with the third song. Yeah. So. Um, Growing up, I was really lucky. Um, grew up in the um, suburbs of Massachusetts and uh, had a, a really good buddy of mine. Uh, my best friend growing up lived right next door to me. Uh, was literally like, you know, the first time somebody comes to your house and asks you to come outside to play. Like the first time my mom was ever like, you can go outside, mm-hmm. which um, it's interesting. I always think to myself, my own kids, like this, these concepts to them are like so foreign uh, from the way that we grew up of, you know, going out, hanging out with my buddy. And I was, had to be six years old and playing in the front yard and, you know, riding bikes and all those kinds of things. And, um, and he was just like the best guy we grew up together, um, in that neighborhood. And, uh, uh he was just, it was dynamite. And, um, it was like my brother, you know, mm-hmm. like best friends. Mm-hmm. And we sleep over each other's houses, like yeah. you know, just like from the, from the beginning, um, uh, we were really tight and, uh, and he was really into sports. I like sports and he was bigger than me, which was always fantastic growing up in the neighborhood. Uh, when your best friend mm-hmm. was uh, the big, big kid, yeah. was big kid, and uh, and we we were real tight. We used to go away. It was the first time my mom ever let me leave um, my family and travel. Like go out to the, his family used to go to Maine um, for two weeks a year um, on vacation mm-hmm. uh, to Arrowhead Lake up in Maine. And uh, I remember I went to my mom and asked her, and she was cool with me going with them for two weeks. It was the first time I'd been away from my whole family for an extended period with other folks. Uh, and had a blast. And then every summer growing up, it was tradition. I would go with them for those two weeks oh. every single summer. What's, what's his name? Danny. Danny. Okay. And so. uh, Dan, Daniel McDermott. Okay. Yeah. And uh, just a great guy and uh, always looked out for me, took care of me. Um, and uh, he meant the world to me. Excellent guy. Okay. Um, you want to listen to the song and then we'll circle back? Sure. Okay. Let's do that. All right. Um, this is uh, Daniel mm-hmm. by Elton John. Off the 73 album, Don't Shoot Me, I'm Only the Piano Player. You know, we talked a lot about listening to music growing up. And uh, so one of the 
I was just listening to all the time was Elton John's greatest hits. Um, and uh, so it's and Danny and I used to listen to this album all the time. And mm-hmm. uh, so it's interesting. Um, when I grew up in Massachusetts, we ended up moving to New Hampshire. And so the hardest part about moving away was like leaving him. And so God bless his mom and dad were awesome. So when we moved um, up there, his folks let him come up for a week. So when we moved, he actually came with us and he spent a week at our house to kind of help. Cause uh, you know, my folks knew I was not too happy about uh, moving away. Right. About how old were you when you, gosh, must've been like 12. Oh yeah. That's yeah. yeah, That's a rough time to that age. And, uh, and so it was awesome. So he came, and hung out for at the house with us for uh, like a week or so, and then went back. And then, um, you know, periodically we go kind of go back and forth or whatever. Um, I'd get on and visit him, and he'd come back up and, and visit me. And um, uh, when he was like 15, 16 years old, um, he passed away. Um, he contracted spiral meningitis and, uh, and died suddenly. Mm-hmm. And, um, and so obviously, you know, this song... Uh, took on a whole different meaning to me. Um, just knowing how much we used to jam out to that whole album mm-hmm. um, growing up, and uh, and I think of him often to this day. And uh, and I wish everybody in their life had one friend like him. Um, he was just a tremendous guy, and uh, and always took care of me, and was always there for me. And you know, some folks just kind of get you to level; other people don't. Yeah. And I always think to myself, like, how lucky I was to have like literally my first friend i had was already was there, that yeah. person man it was like uh like what a blessing that guy was in my life um and uh and he saved my butt numerous times numerous occasions um and uh and i just i missed the heck out of him and uh and and i always wonder because he had an older brother and sister too and uh and you always wonder what becomes of people you know and uh as we move through time but i think about him very often and uh it was an amazing guy so. Yeah, thanks. Um, how how often does does the song inter- interact into your life? Like, yeah, I'd say I, that song I probably hear it every couple of weeks because um, it's on one of my playlists that I got. So when I'm just you know driving around and listening to music, it's on and uh, certainly takes me um, to that place. No doubt, every single time I hear the song, I think sure. about him and uh, and uh, and how much what a tragedy it was because he was such a good person. Yeah, and had so much you know in front of him and um, you know what he would have done in the world would have been special. Hmm. Yeah. Um, can you tell me how uh, Family Initiative started? Yeah, yeah so it's a um, great question. We, uh, I was lucky enough, so my career um, was in child welfare. For I worked in child welfare, gosh, for probably almost two decades um, before we started Family Initiative. And, uh, and so the, the last um, role I had in, the, in child welfare was the director of programs um, here locally with the, one of the child welfare agencies here um, in Fort Myers. And so I had the privilege to work with a lot of foster parents um, across the region. And, uh, and there was a foster mom who I knew very, very well. And she was fantastic. Uh, and she had a, um, a lot of experience with, with children. And, and she was just a great resource for all of us. Um, she had a little boy, um, an eight-year-old boy that was placed in her home. And, uh, and she, she reached out to me and she called. She said, uh, Dave, you know, this little boy and he's been here, you know, a couple of weeks and, um, she goes, something's just not right. Um, I can just, you know, I know I can just tell like trying to engage with him and, and all of that. And, uh, she goes, would you mind coming out? Um, and, and meet with us. I was like, of course. So, uh, went right out to the house and spent, you know, some time with her and, and, and hung out with the children in the home. And very clearly she was spot on cause she always is. And she's, <laughs> um, a phenomenal lady. And, uh, and you could tell just developmentally something was, was off target. 
And um, and I was lucky. So a, a colleague of mine, Anjali Vandri, was um, co-located in my hallway. So the hallway where my office was, um, although she worked for another organization, we were co-located in that space. And uh, and she was in the hallway and she came back and she's like, hey, what's going on? And so I said to her, I was like, I just got back from this home. And I sort of described um, the situation to her. I said, you know, trying to figure out, trying to help this this little boy out and uh, and find a way to support this foster mom, right? He's looking for resources. And sure enough, she said to me, she goes, do you think he's on the autism spectrum? And uh, and I said, huh. I said, talk to me about that. And so lo and behold, she had a whole career before she came to work there um, where she had worked with children on the autism spectrum. And so right away, she was a tremendous resource um, to me. And so, uh, and sure enough, you know, we started getting calls. You know, I, I remember I got a, a call two, three weeks later from another foster mom who had a 13-year-old girl placed in her home. Same, she basically described to me the same child over the phone. I went out, same, really you could see this consistency between um, those two children. And so I came back and um, talked to Anjali again. I said to her, and she said, yeah, you you can tell there's, Definitely something going on beneath the surface here of children that are either diagnosed or undiagnosed on the autism spectrum um, in foster care. And uh, and so, you know, I started trying to reach out. Uh, I'm a social worker um, by trade. And uh, so, you know, I figured there had to be another organization in the area um, that specialized in supporting, um, you know, children and families on the autism spectrum and really couldn't find one. Hmm. Um, and so, you know, I was talking honestly about it. I said, you know, we should we should start a nonprofit. In the communities, clearly that's a need yeah. um, that exists. And that was really sort of the impetus of uh, the idea of launching Family Initiative. Cool. Yeah. Um, and what if you had to kind of explain the main thrust of the work you do now, mm-hmm. now that it's launched and it's it's been going, mm-hmm. um, what what is how do you guys interface with, with the foster system and, mm-hmm. and other things like that? Yeah, so it's, uh, it's ironic because we, um, you know, we learned, I think, from our experience in child welfare, mm-hmm. uh, the, the best... Um, resource you have are the families themselves, right? Mm, so mm. we spent a lot of time meeting with um, families that had children or adolescents diagnosed in the autism spectrum. And uh, to a person, you know, they all talked to us about the need for um, a space in programming where kids could come together, um, spend time, um, and, and, you know, really kind of focus on social skills. That yeah. was all of the parents said that to me. Um, a number of them shared, you know, um, circumstances that are heartbreaking about um, you know, their son or daughter, I remember one mom in particular, you know, her son had his birthday um, and, you know, mom sent invitations into the classroom ride for birthday party at his house um, and uh, and nobody showing up um, for his birthday. And uh, and, you know, our kids is having a tough time in the way the world receives them and engages with them. Um, and uh, the mom said to, to Anjali and I, she said. Um, she goes, I want a space where my son can live out loud and be himself. Hmm. That's what he needs. And uh, and so that's where we started. So we started with um, community-based programming that was designed specifically for that end. Uh, and it was great. So the first program that we do to this day, six years later, is on Saturday afternoon. So it's a social skills group here in Fort Myers. Um, and uh, started with one child uh, that came, um, Dylan, who came on, on a Saturday. And, uh, and now any given Saturday, there's 40 to 50 kids wow. um, that all come together. Awesome. And, uh, and our team has grown a lot. And uh, they just do a phenomenal job supporting them and, and getting them to engage um, and socialize. It's a, it's a great, great space. Cool. Um, any musical connection to any of that? Do you guys use any music for any of that stuff? Um, you know, it's interesting. So we have an awesome collaboration with the Alliance for the Arts. Hey, we know them. Yeah. And so uh, <laughs> Big they're just, they've been tremendous. And so 
Um, one of the things that we partnered with them on is uh, on a rotating monthly basis. Um, they bring in different art instructors to kind of work with our guys, right? To expose mm-hmm. them, right? Mm-hmm. To music mm-hmm. and to visual arts. Um, this month they're actually doing photography, um, which is fantastic. So they're doing a, a photography course. So it's good. So we have a couple of our staff, our clinicians that are there with the the children mm-hmm. every month. And um, and obviously the local artists are just tremendous. And, uh, and just how enriching it is for our kids to have that exposure um, and that connection to the arts. And uh, a couple of them have really like picked up this um, – one young guy, Michael, and uh, he's a huge music fan and uh, is working on learning to play the guitar. And uh, you can tell he just like really loves that setting and digs in on music. Awesome. All right. Uh, have you uh, seen or been to many plays or musicals specifically? Um, I haven't been to many. I got to be honest about that. Um, although one we uh, continue to look at and one that I'm a huge fan of is uh, Hamilton. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I know we're looking and talking about trying to go see Hamilton. And, uh, but historically not a huge like musical fan, but I feel like that got me hooked. Like, it's, it's pretty good. It's, <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's like, a good it's first funny. one. Once I, uh, yeah. once I, I saw him, I was like, man, this is like just really fantastic. Um, what about movie musicals? Like are you a big fan of m- movies that have breaking the song? Um, not really, not really. Um, yeah, not just, that wasn't like at all in my wheelhouse at all, like coming up. Um, I know that with your daughter yep, and the inevitable Disney of it all, totally, there's a lot of animated musicals. Ton, that, a ton. Your life. What is the one that's kind of most palatable for you that you're like, you know what? This is, this music is, I would listen to this anyway. Gosh. I mean, it's so, and I, so in full transparency, I also have a five-year-old daughter. Oh, that'll do it. So between the two of them, no matter what comes out, we are something. rocking like yeah. any animated, anything. Yeah. Um, I know Moana was huge in our house. We had a long stretch of um, Moana. I like, have a CD a... that I burned all the Moana. Did you really? Too. Yeah. Look at you. That's because fantastic. My, when she was, mine was like, I think like three or four around then. Awesome. And we had a long commute in the mornings. Yeah. <laughs> There's a lot of Moana. And it's funny, the both of them uh, love Beauty and the Beast. Mm-hmm. That's like their like, that soundtrack, man, was like they... What about you? <laughs> um, you know, I'm a huge... My, my, they know my favorite by far is Lion King. Oh yeah, okay. I love the Lion King. Yeah, man. that was like totally my my Disney movie, and uh, and all the music with that movie is fantastic. Elton John, okay, Dynamite. right, exactly, yeah, right. right, back around to it. Um, yeah. uh, do you karaoke? Um, maybe. <laughs> so I'm gonna say I love to sing. I'm t- horrendous, <laughs> terrible, but I love it, man. I'm just you know it, like. Anywhere, anywhere, even in my car, even my kids are like, dad, really right now? Um, so I love to sing. I'm terrible at it and I don't want to do that to people. But uh, if you were a pro wrestler, uh, what would your walk on music be? Uh, I guess you have to say like Guns N' Roses, Welcome to the Jungle. Ooh, right? yeah. That'd be a good like yeah. wrestling entry, right? <laughs> yeah. It's aggressive. That, yeah, right. right? Um, and uh, uh, you have a wrestler name that you think you might? Oh, I don't know about <laughs> I don't know about a name. I have to think long and hard about that. Although I did like the Macho Man, Macho Man growing up. Oh, you can't take someone else. Yeah, no, no doubt. But I, I like that. No, totally. But he was my guy. I know a lot of the kids growing up like Hulk Hogan. I was a Macho Man. Oh, I see. Man. Yeah, there's a dichotomy there. Yeah, no doubt. Okay, all right. Um, well, you could go with your own name. That's a special kind of wrestler where it's just like their name. <sighs> yeah, man, it's hard. Yeah, just do like the generic. I don't know. Sting was good, right? I'm trying to think of like what's a. I don't know, man. That's a hard one. Wrestler name. 
Like the Punisher or something like that? I don't know. Yeah, yeah. that could be it. Yeah. That's a tough one, man. They have a good one, right? I always think about The Rock, right? Like, just... Solid. Epic, right? Yeah. Like, some of the, the folks who came up with were, like, fantastic. And the personas that go with them are, like, dynamite. All right. Um, if, uh, if a bartender friend named a drink after you, like, made up a drink, but he's going to name it after you, yeah. what would he make? I think it'd be like, like a easy Sunday afternoon, oh, something like that. How do we make that? Yeah, I don't well, know. Yeah, have to have some like rum in it. Okay, some rum. Yeah, I don't know. That, I don't know what it that sounds like a hard Friday yeah, night. No, 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 no. <laughs> yeah, man. I just um, I think for me in my life, it's like it's whenever I'm not at work is like to try to be. Yeah, but you got to help me out here because uh, you so far you've got a cup of rum, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> which is more like a Saturday evening. <laughs> I think, like, yeah. I'm trying to think of uh, maybe like grapefruit juice. Oh yeah, right, yeah, something like that. I like grapefruit juice, a mm-hmm. little bit of rum. I don't know what else I put in there. That could be it if that's <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't know. I know that's like weak. So we're putting together we're putting together a little cocktail book, uh, yeah. and we're gonna name stuff after Very guests cool. in it. And so, um, which is your next step? But you've already named it. All right. So easy Sunday afternoon. Yeah, <laughs> I got to come up with something else besides grapefruit juice, Max. That is okay. Rough. Like, okay. Just have, I okay. got to think about it. <sighs> I don't know. Maybe like pineapple juice. I don't know. I think you need a couple juices in there, man, to make it chill. You got you do guava. Guava you could be do good. passion fruit. Guava's good. I'm with you on that. Yeah, so maybe like grapefruit and guava or something, a little yeah. bit of a little bit of rum would be good. There you go. That's a nice look. All right. Sun, I, Sunday I, afternoon chill, I, like Wong. You know, you have your Wong, just chill out. There you go. Yeah. All right. Um, uh, if you had to guess, what do you think is the song that you've heard the most times in your life? Gosh, the most times in my life. Maybe I'd say the um, the Beatles. There are places I remember. Right? Is that the name of the song? There are places. Like I've listened to that song a ton from when I was little to now. Like that's a consistent forever. Uh, in my life. In my life. Yeah. There you go, man. Yeah, in my life. That's I'd guess that song because it's been with me my whole life. That song from when I, earliest memories to today. Yeah. Listen to that. I feel like uh, you're, you would have had this thing happen. It happened to me um, that because of how much music your parents were listening to, mm-hmm. there were songs that you didn't know that you knew. Yeah. And then like you heard them and you go, oh, I know all of this. hundred percent. hundred percent. There's even like some obscure stuff too. Like um, mm-hmm. I remember growing up, uh, my dad was a huge Jethro, Jethro Tell fan. So it's funny, like you'll just be out somewhere. Like, I know this whole song, and it just never, right? It's like, strikes you like, this is so random, but it's like, I know all the lyrics. Or other people are with you, are like, are you serious right now? Are you a big fan of it? No, but I know it. It just, it was there, no doubt. Uh, If you could pick, what song would you hear again for the first time? I think, like, The Doors, like, Ride Around the Storm. Ooh. Yeah, all right. I remember the first time I heard that song, I was like, man. That's different. They're doing stuff. Like yeah. it's it's like not that, just music. Like yeah, I was like, that was like power. I remember those those like that song or and the doors were holy mackerel mm-hmm. to me. Fantastic. Right, right powerful, the right? Like powerful song. It's a good like song. It's a good pick. Yeah. Um is there any kind of music or uh, more specifically, is there any are there any songs that um do this memory thing to you, but you avoid them because of what's gonna come up? <laughs> 
Is there a song that like if you know you, let's pretend you were driving on <laughs> and listening to music on the radio? Uh, if a song came on, you go, mm, I don't think so. I don't think this is a song I would avoid because I think even the hard stuff, right, mm-hmm. makes you better. So yeah. I don't think there's anything I'm like avoiding um, musically like that. Yeah, they certainly make you who you are. Totally. Yeah. Um, if you could uh, broadcast. Uh, any song into the head of every person on the planet at once, what song would you send? <laughs> I always um, probably American Pie. I think it's like the oh, greatest wow. song. Yeah. Right? Like it's a good, okay. like chill, epic, good, long song. It's got some good messages in it. I don't know. I know people listen to it. It puts them in a good place. Hmm. Right. So uh, I guess maybe that would be if I pick one song. It's simultaneously. Maybe that's the song. That's a good. Um, that that song's on my list of. I, I have a list of like like cheater karaoke songs. Yeah. Because you don't even have to really sing them. Just like everybody will sing when you get to the chorus, right? This TNT, right? Yep. ICDC. Like 100%. you don't have to really do it. They'll do it. Yep. Um, don't stop believing, right? No one's gonna the journeys. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, fantastic. like no one's gonna sing like Perry anyway. But you don't have to because just everyone's gonna lean sing. in on it. <laughs> everyone's gonna sing. Yeah. Um, all right. Um, if you had to listen to one album for the rest of your life, it was the only thing you could listen to, what album would you grab? Probably uh, Tim and Dave, live at Lutheran College. If I had to take one with mm-hmm. me. Mm-hmm. Like, all right. I love that one. Um, do you have a favorite band of all time? <laughs> I, I definitely, like, yeah, I feel definitely. Like <laughs> yeah, we, I think we got that, that one right, band. Dave? No yeah. doubt, imagine that. <laughs> Um, did you have a fourth song that almost made it, but just didn't quite make the cut that you had to throw out? Or were these three like the obvious ones? Yeah, I think these are, well, I'd probably say In My Life would be the other song, like that, um, has a lot of, you know, significance to me, but probably a lot to a lot of people. Okay. Yeah, it's fantastic. Uh, what was the process that you found yourself in, um, picking the songs? Yeah, so it's interesting. Um, I know I, I sat for a long time, uh, alone and kind of thought through, um, cause you know, music is such a special place, I think for so many of us, right. And takes us back to that spot. Um, and really thought long and hard about it and came up that list. But that was sort of my process was just to kind of like reflect back. And it's a good exercise too, cause it's just a lot of gratitude, man. Right. For, um, the good and the hard things you go through, mm-hmm. you know, shaping who you are and grateful for the folks that were all there for you, you know? Uh, if you could uh, talk to, or I sorry, I got to do that out of order. Uh, what do you think your fourteen-year-old self would think about who you are now? Oh my gosh, I never would have believed this. I don't think at all. Um, it's interesting. I think th- what I do now, and and being in the service of like other people and all that. Yeah, I don't even think that was like on my radar necessarily at fourteen. You know, I think I had a. I was going to play probably left field for the Red Sox was probably where my head Definitely was at. New England still. Oh, yeah, man. I was just like in that space. So I don't think I ever would have believed this. And uh, if you could uh, talk to your 14-year-old self, what would you tell him real fast? Probably to have leaned in more to what um, I was thinking and feeling in that time. I always feel like it's so hard for adolescents because I think that a lot of times you, to some degree, get it, but you're reluctant to do it, right? Because you're just mm. much, much more preoccupied with the... Uh, all the forces around you, right? And what people would think of that. <laughs> yeah. Um, Cause I definitely think that there's some of this was there, but I just, you know, for lots of different reasons, you're reluctant sometimes to, to act on the things that you were feeling, you know? Hmm. So I knew I wanted to do some of this stuff and I should have just done it. Hmm. Um, all right. Well, it's time for you to recommend three people 
who you think would be good guests for our show. Um, and you're going to say their names here, so they're going to hear right, themselves cool. get called out. Cool. So. so definitely Eileen Webster um, is one of them. So I'm going to talk to Eileen about this, and I definitely think she'll do it. Um, Anjali Vandry. So, uh, that was who you started. I did. Who's, I, who's Eileen again? Um, so Eileen Webster, is a, um, she's on her board, mm-hmm. and she's one of my closest friends mm-hmm. uh, going back a long, long time. I've known her since she was little. And uh, she works at the Department of Transportation here in Lee County. Cool. And she's a boss. Cool. Um, she's fantastic. So I All know right. she'll do a great job with this. And then, uh, and probably Paul Beatty from Beatty Development, um, another really good guy I know in the community. I think he he would crush this. Okay. Well, yeah. you've said all three of their I names. Have. They're going to hear this because you're going to give it to them. I'm going to throw down the gauntlet. With all awesome. Three of them. All right. Um, do you have uh, kind of any final thoughts about this whole thing? No, I appreciate it. I just uh, I think it's interesting the um, the soundtrack of our life, man. Right. Mm-hmm. And uh, and how important music is and all of this. And it's it's cool because it definitely stirred some stuff I hadn't thought thought about in a minute, man. So taking that like that time to to kind of reflect on this was a gift to me and uh, to do that. So I appreciate the opportunity. It was awesome being down here. We make three song stories in the studios of WGCU Public Radio on the campus of Florida Gulf Coast University in Fort Myers, Florida. Mike Canary is co-creator and host. Richard Chinkwee is co-creator, producer, and host. Tara Calligan is our online content producer and host. Audio production is by Jared the Intern Gonzalez. And our executive producer is Chris Duffus. Our theme song was created by Dave 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 Cowan and Stick Martin at Monkey House Studio in St. Pete. For this week's Parting Tune, we're jumping back to this time in 2019 to episode 50, with Australian Naval Lieutenant Commander David Baker. In 1971, I was a young, ordinary seaman on HMAS Yarra, and I did my first overseas trip. And we went to Hawaii. And while we're in Hawaii, of course, you're hearing Maggie May by Rod Stewart. It was probably pretty big. It was, yeah. and I, it stuck in my head, and I really liked it. So that was the first record that I actually purchased myself it was a 45. I purchased a, a little turntable that came in a briefcase to give to my folks. I was young, single, and I had a relationship with an older woman, 20 years my uh, senior. And when it finished, I thought, God, that is just like the song Maggie May. If I had been able to write the words to that, it would have been that period, that relationship I went through. And uh, it has stuck with me ever since. And every time I hear that song, I think of that period in my life. So as a young 17-year-old, enter the American clubs uh, in Pearl Harbor. And it was just a really good experience. The exercise itself uh, is quite a busy period. And the times alongside were the period of uh, you know rest and uh, recreation and listening to Rod Stewart and listening to Rod Stewart keep listening next time on three song stories i grew up wanting to be Woodward and Bernstein